I believe that God's always moving, but it's sometimes hard to see him in our busy lives, our busy schedules. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to pray for these next moments that we hear his voice so clear. That we see him for who he really is. That any misconception you ever had of Jesus is just wiped away. And that you meet that God of the Bible that we serve. Let's pray. If you're comfortable enough, why don't you just bow your heads and close your eyes just in reverence. God, we love you so much. God, you are all over this place right now. God, I pray for the person who feels like they're so close to you and for the person that feels like they're so far away from you, God. Will you touch him? Will you touch her? God, will you show up in our lives? God, we believe you are as close in this room. Be big for somebody tonight. And everyone says, can you tell your neighbor, I'm so hyped for tonight. Make some noise all over this place. Can you guys make some noise for the worship team? Come on. By the way, we had three different songs planned out for tonight, but for some technical difficulties, we switched the whole worship set up. Um, so, man, that was crazy, but can you guys make some noise for our worship team? They worked so hard. Man, excited to be back home, to say the least. Uh, excited. I feel like we're in a cave. Anybody else feel like that? It's a dope cave, though. Like, what the heck? I love this cave. Um, but man, have you ever been out so long, like away from home, um, that you come back home and you kind of forget things, right? Like it's hard to come back to the regular routine of things. Show of hands if that's ever been you. If you've been gone too long, I, thank you, put your hands down. That happened to me, I went on a cruise for a week. Uh, seven days, anybody ever been on a seven day cruise? It's not like a three day cruise, because a three day cruise is like one day somewhere, two days at sea. It's not like a five day cruise, because it's like, three days somewhere and two days, whatever. I went on a seven day cruise. I was five days away from home on a boat and just pray for me, I'm still throwing up. Um, anybody like motion sickness, like so easy, like you, it just happens to you, amen. That's my I was seven days out away from home, just partying, you know, having so much fun um, with my family, come on. PG fun, PG fun. I get back home and literally, like, I forgot I had dogs. Like, I, I was like, oh, hey, what's up? And they're like peeing all over the place and barking at me and like, I'm going back to my room. And um, for some reason, I thought like going to my room in the long hallway, it was like seven, so I put my run right into the wall, all right? I just remember bumping into so much stuff, like hitting so much stuff. I forgot I had puppies. Uh, I forgot how to wash clothes, right? Like, what, what, you know? Like, my luggage was just there for like a week. Like, my luggage just stood there with nasty clothes. Probably like an animal just living in there. No one knew. Um, it was hard for me to get back to the normal stuff because I've been gone so away from home that I kind of forgot what went down and what was the culture back. Listen to me tonight. I don't know about you, but we've been out from this place for around a couple of months. And yes, it's been hard. I, I've gotten so many prayer requests. John, can we please pray more? John, can we please worship longer? John, I feel like it's in and out. John, it's a huge auditorium. I also the high school, but man, if, it, it feels like we're not clicking anymore. Like it's not, what's going on? And one thing you gotta understand is that we haven't been home for a little while. We've been at Osceola High School. No, and man, just the, the only chance we can get back to here, we took it, right? <laughs> you know, the AC is kind of working, but we took it. Um, but here's the thing, we could be so like, understand really quickly, like being at another place doesn't mean that we weren't the church because we are the church. 
The church is not four walls. Point out your point out yourself. Come on, say, I'm the church. I'm the church. God lives in me. I'm the church. But man, just being in a different area, being in, in, in a different property, and there was some what's crazy is now that we're back home, we can literally forget what God has done before. Now that we're back home, we can literally forget some things that God has done, forget the culture of the house tonight. So tonight being our homecoming party, I want to set some house rules. That is the title of my sermon tonight. If you're taking notes, come on, house rules. We got to set some ground rules. We got to set some house rules that we need to follow, and we got to fall into the cracks. And, man, it's so hard to come up with a, with a sermon about, man, we're, we're so hyped to be back here. We're so hyped to be back at home. But, man, I feel like God told me, John, make sure you don't miss the little things. Don't miss the little things. Check this out. Our house rule number one is this. Our doors, our doors will get wider as we become smaller. That is our first house rule. Listen, our doors, those two doors that all you guys came in, I believe, spiritually speaking, that they will begin to get bigger as everyone in this room begins to get smaller. Our doors, meaning people's susceptible idea of God, will increase if the people who love God decrease. I believe this 100%. That our church, we have some people on the floor. I believe when the stage is 30 feet back, we will still have people lining up to be in this house. All because there are people in here that are saying, God, less of me and more of you. I might be singing, God, but God, I want the attention for a split second just to send it right back to you. God, everyone in here, what if we live with that house rule? That as our doors get wider, man, we get smaller. And being small, it's not really a fun thing in this world, right? Man, it's always about getting bigger. It's always about being better. It's always about getting more close. The world is about getting bigger and getting better and getting more. But one thing I know about the gospel is that it's literally the kingdom flipped upside down. And God is looking at his people and saying, wait, wait, wait. The greatest of you is the one who's serving everybody. I want to read a quick verse, John 3, 29 through 30. Come on, pull it out. You guys all have Bibles up. Let's, let's get there together. John 3. 9 through 30. It says this. That's why my cup is running over. And if you look at that sentence, that's why my cup is running over. Listen, John is writing the book of John. John wrote it, obviously, right? You know, that's deep context right there. Um, John is writing, and he's saying, that's why my cup is running over. Meaning, he did something, and now his cup is running over. Some of you guys are empty in some areas, but you're missing on the doing, and God will give you the running over. Some of you guys are waiting for God to overflow and overfill your joy, but you're not doing anything. Some of you guys are waiting to overfill the presence of God in your life, but you're not putting in the work. Some of you guys are waiting on a healing, but you're not even going to the hospital. Talking to somebody, talking to somebody not too long ago, like, man, listen, things are getting tough. I'm going away from church. I'm like, what? You missed it. This is a place of refuge. This is a place of hope. This is a place of healing. He is the good doctor. He creates your body better than anybody. If you are sick, then you have to come to the hospital. God's going to heal you. Do you believe that tonight? I got like one person over here. Do you believe that tonight all over this place? That's why my cup is running over. And then this is what he says. This is the assigned moment for him to move into the center 
while I slip off to the sidelines. Let me read this again. That is why my cup is running over. Here it goes. Ready? So clean and simple. This is the assigned moment for him, for God, to move into the center while I slip off to the sidelines. You know why I feel like a lot of churches are struggling today? Because too many people are trying to get into the center and God's being pushed to the sidelines. I feel like so many ministries are crumbling too quickly because people are running towards the middle and putting God as the people are living life saying, God, I'm going to do what I got to do. And, and what, what's happening is we're emptying, we're, 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 we're ending up with empty cups. Empty cups. Spiritually speaking, if we all had a cup, would it be empty or full tonight? Be honest. If we all had a spiritual cup right now, and imagine if our lives were as visible as the empty red cup. Man, would we even still come to church? But understand, God sees you that way. If you're empty, he sees your cup empty. And he's saying, listen, you want more of me? You want more of my blessing? You want more of that running over? You got to get to the sidelines. And you got to let me be the center. Our first house rule, come on, write it down. Our doors will get wider as we become smaller. Our second house rule, this one was my favorite. Turn up for real. Write it down. Second house rule for this house. If you're going to be coming here, if you don't want to do anything, it's totally cool. We love you. But our second house rule is this. Turn up for real. That is our house rule for in here. And you might have been here 15 minutes ago while we were jumping and dancing and worship. Like, whoa, what's going on? I think I like it. But I think I'm scared. It's because like waving her hair around. This is church. It's not a rock concert. <laughs> Come on, turn up for real. I want to read a quick verse. It's in Isaiah 29, 13. Man, this is so good. It says this. The master said, these people make a big show of saying the right things, but their hearts aren't in it. Whoa. These people make a big show of saying the right thing, but their hearts aren't in it. He continues, because they act like they're I'm going to say it again. These people are making a big show of saying the right things, but their hearts aren't in it because they're acting like they're worshiping me, but they don't mean it. We're not about the hype in this place, y'all. It's not about the hype. It's not about the lights. That's all cool. But, man, if you're saying all this stuff and your heart isn't agreeing with it, man, you've missed it for real. The difference about the church and the world. But man, the church is supposed to turn up for real. Saying, God, I'm, I'm saying all these things, but my heart is with it. That's why you can be singing a song and out of nowhere start crying. Imagine being in a club and someone start crying while dancing. You'd be like, what is wrong? What'd you put in a drink, bro? Imagine. Maybe because they're turning up for the wrong reasons, but God is looking at a church and I feel like God is blessing this church in a mighty way. But listen, we can get lost in the numbers. We noticed that recently. We can get lost in the gaps and the services and the, and the location change. But man, if you are a worshiper and you're not only talking the talk, but you're walking the walk, God is looking at you. And he is pleased with your worship. Turn up for real. We're not just saying words. But our hearts are with it. Y'all believe that tonight? We're not just saying words in worship. We're not just turning up. We're turning up for real. Look at your neighbor. I'm turning up for real. And here's the truth. 
don't know about you, but man, I'm not here to play church games. No, sir. Too many services I've been to, giving God 10%, expecting him to give me 90, and I walk out with nothing. On the same night, I met up in the church on Friday and build my friends doing bad stuff on Saturday. Listen, I'm not, I'm not here to play church games. I don't know if you're with me on this, but I'm not here to play church games. Man, we got to come to church with the right perspective, saying, listen, I'm going to turn up for real. If I'm in a storm, I'm going to worship with an umbrella. If I'm in a desert, I'm going to worship, come on, with my water bottle. Wherever we are and in every season, we got to worship God with all we have. Turn up for real. I hate it. I, I really do hate it sometimes when there's distractions in church. I, I really hate distractions. Because distractions take people off of God and focus on people. We're not the type of church, like in the middle of the sermon, someone's going to stand up and be like, I am a vessel. That's the wrong church. That's the wrong church. We're not about people. We're about God. And in any single moment, man, you feel like yelling in worship, come on, yell. But there's a time and there's a place. Listen, distractions will open people's eyes off of God and onto you. Telling people, just drop it and dump it on somebody, your issues and your problems. And I, everyone loves the walking dead. I believe there's so many spiritual vultures out there that just look for people to suck the life out of. Vampires walking around the face of the earth, not really having a relationship with God. And there's no type of river flowing. They're more like a spiritual lake, and everything's kept in, and there's no fresh water flowing. And what they do is it's bursting on people. Man, that is not someone that's elevating God. You're elevating yourself, and that's a distraction. We're so against distractions here. This is a house. No distractions. And, and, and I know we've got problems. That's not insensitive. We know we have issues. We know we have problems. But, man, your perspective has to change. Listen, we're not coming here to run a race. We're coming here for a victory lap. Do you hear that tonight? We're not coming here to start racing. Church is not the beginning. Church is the destination. Because God meets you here. And I don't know about you, but if you have said yes to Jesus, he's given you his spirit. Come on, he died for your sins. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He died for your shame. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Come on, I'm preaching. He died for your guilt. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We're not coming into church with our head down. Come on, Jesus did something thousand years lifted. A Christian that struggles with shame, guilt. And acceptance from God is a Christian that, that doesn't understand the cross. Doesn't understand what God did on Resurrection Sunday. See, what Jesus did, he came and lived a perfect life. And he said, listen, y'all never going to get to heaven with the way y'all live. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to take your place. And the death that you deserve, I'm going to take that death. That's the gospel. Faith, hope, acceptance, grace, love given to a world that does not deserve it. So, man, when we get to church, turn up is for real. We're not saying words and our heart doesn't align with it. We're not about the hype here. Because listen, God is looking at a church and he's like, who am I going to bless? Who am I going to lift up? Who is the person? Who's the girl? Who's the boy? Who's the young adult? Who's the middle schooler that I'm going to raise up and do something amazing? He's looking for your heart. He's not looking for your mouth. He's looking for your heart. He's not looking for your mouth. House rule number three. I want you to say this to your neighbor. We will get more personal than ever. House rule number three, tell your other neighbor, we will get more personal than ever. And some of y'all are like, man, your breath stink. Don't whisper at me no more. I have a couple questions. I got a couple questions. 
Who did Jesus come for? That was your, that is it. Who did Jesus, who did Jesus die for? But do you really believe that? Who did Jesus come for? Who did Jesus die for? Who does Jesus love? You see, I, I hate chick flicks. Like, I don't watch them. I do not watch them. I'm sorry. My girlfriend loves chick flicks. And whatever, I, I sit through it. When you watch the note times. My favorite part, it's like raining really hard out of nowhere in the boat in the middle of the, like, some weird leg. Like, where did the rain come from? Hollywood, you suck. It's just raining out of nowhere, just gushing. And like, they both just give up. And he gives up, and I just feel like crying right there. You see, I, I begin to love chick flicks, and I'm, I'm, I'm venting right now. Nobody judge me. I begin to love, why? Not because I loved it, but because my girlfriend loved it. And this is what I really believe. If you have a true and honest connection with God, you have to have a true and honest connection with the people that he loves. If you love God honestly and hate your neighbor, that connection with God probably isn't real. It's probably all high. If you really get to know the God that you love, the God that came and died for who? For everybody. I believe it's the same way the cross is. If there's an honest vertical connection, that horizontal connection has to happen with all of us. Come on. The third house rule is this. We will get more personal than ever. That's God's plan. It says in Romans 12, 9 through 10. Let's read together. Let love be genuine. Let love be genuine. Aber, what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection and showing honor. This is flipping the script. There's so many people that love God but don't love people. Oh, no. And what the Bible is saying is, that, listen, it's not enough to love your neighbor. You got to go above and beyond for God's people. And, man, I really believe that's what changes the world. Because, listen, people don't have to really see God to see God. They just got to see you. They just got to see people that believe in God, that show in the love in and every part of their life. Do you believe that tonight? Come on, more personal than ever. So if you are an extrovert in the house, we love you. And we're going to invade you. And we're going to love on you. And we're going to get to know you. Because a personal church is a godly church. A church that cares about anybody who walks in through these doors. No matter what they look like. No matter what they've done. That's the church of God. That's the perfect bride that God is coming back for. And I believe the immature bride of Christ is those that judge people. Those that put a timer on people. You've been saved this long. Why are you still struggling with that? You've been walking with God this long. Why are you still dealing with that? That's someone who doesn't understand the gospel. Listen, you cannot change nobody. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that a man can change a man. Iron sharpens iron. We're walking this thing together. But listen, God does all the changing. My job is to love on you. If you quit on God, my job is to love on you. If you give up, I'm going to call you. Let's get more personal than ever. That's the third house rule. And the last house rule, and this was my favorite, we will respond to the move of God. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. We're about to turn up. We will respond to the move of God. We should respond to the move, the move of God. Listen, I, I want you to believe this real quick. Just catch this. If you don't listen to anything I just said, just catch this. Our expectation should literally set the atmosphere in this place. 
your expectation that God is going to do something in your life should set the atmosphere in this place. I'm going to say it again. Your expectation of God, of what he's going to do, should literally set the atmosphere in this place. Does anybody love Christmas in the house? Anybody love Christmas? Here's the, here's the God honest truth, right? And I know there's a lot of stuff going on behind me. Just, just eyes up here. Here's the God honest truth. Christmas should only be fun on Christmas Day. That should be all the fun, right? I, I think so. I think so. Because that's the day you get the gift. The only day that matters for Christmas is the day you get the gift. And everyone says, amen. It's not the best day because it is November and you're staring at the tree with a box with your is awesome. Christmas should only be awesome Christmas Day. But what changes Christmas for everyone is one word, the expectation. What changes Christmas for everybody is the months that go by, man. I don't got it today, but I'm going to get it next week. You know what I mean? You're like dancing around the tree. You got like five gifts with your name on it. They're not that big. You know what I mean? But as I got older, I know the smaller gifts are the most expensive ones. Amen. Come on. What makes this awesome is the expectation for what's in the box. You don't know what's in the box. You don't know if it's going to be everything you want it to be. But because you have expectation, because the world literally has the expectation for what's going to happen on Christmas Day, Christmas becomes this long moment of just awesome waiting. What happens in Christianity is that we have no patience. How can for something that is material, that is literally tangible, we can patiently wait for the promises of God we want it tomorrow? How can we expect and we have so much expectation, man, it's got my box name on it. And we have an awesome Christmas, and everyone's spirits are just raised up. You're just loving on your family. You haven't even seen the gifts yet. Come on, two from, from you. Oh, I love you. It's tissues. You have no idea. But because, of, because you have expectation for what it is, it changes all of Christmas. What if we all came in here with expectation that God could do something amazing tonight? And it may not come tonight. But next Friday, I'm coming back. And I know somewhere in this place, there's a box with my name on it. And it may not come this week. Jesus. So waiting for your parents to get healed. Their relationship. Ooh, my box is on stage. Oh, wait. Some of y'all dealing with some struggles that I've been dealing with all your life. And you believe there's a box around here with your name on it that says freedom. And it's been a month and we give up. But God's like, no, keep chasing. There's a box here with your name on it. Is your expectation going to set the atmosphere in this house? Every single week we come here guided by the gifts. We're guided by the giver of the gifts. And what happens in 2017 is that a church is only waiting for the breakthrough. But everything in between from the breakdown and the breakthrough, that's where most of your life is going on. When nothing's really happening, and God is saying, listen, since when did my relationship with you become with everything I can give to you? Listen, God's not waiting in heaven, taking orders. God has something to do. God has a mission. God has a family. He wants to save because you've been talking about what you've been going through. Some of you guys want to give up your cross too easy. Some of you guys want to give up your struggle too easy. Go do something. Man, somebody in this room might be going through the same thing, but why is your head lifted up? 
Why is your voice louder than mine? Why are your hands lifted up? It's not the hype, man, because I know that I got expectation and God could do anything he asked for me to do. He could do it. But your expectation can literally set the atmosphere. Come on, man. That's all the house rules tonight. I'm going to just quickly skim through them. House rule number one, our doors will get wider as we become smaller. It's not about us. It's not about me. It's about the kingdom of God. House rule number two, we are going to turn up for real. Not just empty words, not just hype, but man, a true and honest worship. No distractions. House rule number three, we will get more personal than ever. It's God's church, believe it or not. And house rule number four, we will respond to the move of God. I'm just going to ask everyone to stand up on their feet tonight. Everyone just rise up. you, but I believe, if you can see me, that there is power in response. I believe that tonight. Do you guys believe that? There is a power in response. Because Jesus says to give it all. Like this thing called Christianity, it's not like a relationship with a girl. It's not like a relationship with a guy where you know you can love them more, where you know you can give up more things for them. And everything's all right in between. But God doesn't work that way. God takes what you give him. Gentlemen, man, if you open the door, 5%, he's going to use that 5%. And the thing about the enemy of your soul, the devil, you give him 5%, he blows the door open. But God is a gentleman. And everything you give to him, he will use it for what you give him for. But listen, God is always calling us to give up everything we have for him. I don't know about you. Can we just lower the music a little bit? But God is calling on your name tonight. God is calling you by name. And what's going to change your situation is a response from God. It's a response. Listen, this gospel is a 100% gospel. This message we're preaching is all or nothing. Here's what Jesus says. Jesus says, give it all. But sometimes your response is, God, I'll give it to you in my future. Sometimes God says, let it go. And then our response is, God, I'll let everything go but this right here. Sometimes, sometimes God's saying, yo, you're like, God, take all of it except for just one closet. And when God calls us, man, he's asking for all of us to give a thousand percent of who we are. And a response is really going to change the course of your life. I'm asking everyone to just bow their heads and close their eyes. Listen, it's not a mistake that you're here tonight. It's not an accident that you're here tonight. I know you got invited. But, man, I believe that was a divine appointment that God is using to meet you here in the room tonight. We have so many friends in here tonight, and we love you. But listen, we cannot leave this room the same way you came in. I'm tired of playing church games. That might be some of you here tonight. I'm tired of playing games. I'm tired of being in the world and in the church at the same time. I'm going to make a decision tonight. And I'm going to make a choice tonight that's going to forever change my destiny. Yes, this is a house. And yes, we got some ground rules. But man, we understand that guests are always in this place, even if you're from the house. But, man, there's always more that we can give to God. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to ask for a response tonight. I'm going to literally ask if anyone wants to respond to God tonight. No one looking around. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Listen, you by name in the room tonight. 
You feel that right there? I don't know who I'm talking to, but you feel that? That's the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart right now as we speak. Here it is. The Bible says to be saved. The Bible says for your life to literally turn around, all you have to do is so simple, is say a prayer. All you have to do to allow this Holy Spirit, and all you have to do to allow my power to get into you is to live this prayer. And right now, come on, as the worship team begins to just get a little bit louder, right now, all over this place, there are people in here that are saying, man, God is calling on me and I need to respond. God is literally calling me by name and I need to respond. So on the count of three, if you want to say yes to Jesus for the first time and you want to confess to God that you need him, come on, all of three. Let's just raise your hand right where you're at on the count of three. On the count of three, shoot your hand up if you want Jesus. One, no one's judging you. It's just you and God. Two, no one is looking around. Come on, the moment of salvation is right now. If you want to respond to God tonight, he's calling you by name. Shoot your hand up on the count of three. One, two, three. If, you, if that's you, shoot your hand up all over this place. Shoot your hand up. Hands are going up all over this place. Come on, keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. One, two. Come on, keep it up. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Can you make some noise in this house? Now that you've responded, now that you've raised your hand, you can put your hand back down. I want every eye looking at me real quick. If you raise your hand and you say yes to Jesus, best is yet to come. The Bible says to be saved, all you got to do is say your prayer to the person next to you. All over this place, grab that hand. Come on, bridge the aisles all over this place. We're going to pray together. We're not going to let all of our guests who said yes to Jesus pray alone. Man, we're going to pray this together. And if you don't have the courage to raise your hand, it's all right. We're praying right now. Come on, I want you to repeat this prayer. I want you to repeat this prayer. Say, Jesus. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. Say, Jesus. I confess that I'm a sinner. Come on, say with everything you got. Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner. And I need a Savior. God, I believe my best is yet to come. God, I believe your son Jesus is the Lord. I believe he died for my sins so I can live again. I receive your son and I receive your spirit. In the name of Jesus, everyone says amen and amen. 13 salvations in this house tonight. You can make a little bit more noise than that. Come on.